0: Welcome to A Thousand Wise, I'm Ningyan. Even for someone who has never been to China, he or she might have already seen some of the country's most spectacular mountains. That is, if you have watched the 2009 sci-fi blockbuster Avatar by James Cameron. The floating or hallelujah mountains in the film took inspiration from the peaks in central China's Zhangjiajie National Forest Park which is known for the thousands of foliage covering the vertical stone columns that rise up into the sky Many of you may not know that apart from the sprawling Himalayas, there are numerous other mountains all over China the country is home to seven of the world's 12 mountain peaks over 8,000 meters above sea level. Mountainous areas actually make up two-thirds of its total land area. So when mountains are commonplace, it is not uncommon for Chinese people to go deep into these sacred summits and get inspired by what they have to offer. Just so you know, not every mountain in China looks like the floating mountains in Avatar. Like Los Angeles in the US, there are Chinese cities built right on mountains such as Chongqing in southwest China. For other city dwellers who live in the plains, trekking the mountains has been an ideal option to escape from our day-to-day lives. Chinese people revere the mountains for a number of reasons. Why? Let me walk you through a few. In ancient Chinese folklore, Mountains are the dwelling place of gods, goddesses, incredible plants and sacred animals. There's a well-known poem written by 8th century Chinese poet Liu Yuxi expressing such a belief. No matter how high the mountain is, it'll be very famous if there's a fairy in it. No matter how deep the lake is, it'll have supernatural power if there's a dragon in it. Immortals are believed to live in the mountains, and people living in the mundane world have always attempted to find medicinal herbs and magical fruits of longevity in the mountains. For centuries, man wandered in the mountains not only in quest of immortality, but to purify the spirit and find renewal. Taoist and Buddhist holy men went to sacred mountains to build meditation huts and establish temples. There are numerous mountains in China that are considered to be sacred, and the key locations may be divided into several groups. One of these groups is known as Wu Yue, roughly translated into English as the Five Great Mountains. There are Mount Shan in East China's Shandong province, Mount Hengshan in Central China's Hunan province, Mount Huashan in West China's Shanxi province, Mount Hengshan in North China's Shanxi province, and Mount Songshan in Central China's Henan province. And you may wonder, among all the mountains in China, why are these five mountains singled out as the top five? Well, there's an old saying that goes, you won't want to see any other mountain after you come back from the Great Five. These five mountains don't just offer breathtaking views. According to Chinese mythologies, these mountains were formed from the body of Pangu, who created the world by dividing earth and heaven. He was the first living being on earth. The mountains are regarded as a directional set, that is, north, south, east, west, and center. The most special one is Mount Tai, the eastern mountain Dongyue, which is regarded as the holiest of the five. According to legend, following the death of Pangu, his head became transfigured into Mount Tai. As the East is traditionally regarded as the prime cardinal point and the direction associated with genesis and rebirth, Mount Tai was where several Chinese emperors traveled to offer their prayers to heaven for the well-being of their realm. When discussing mountains, one mythological figure normally comes up. His name was Yu Gong a.k.a. the foolish old man. As the story goes, the senior of 90 years lived near a pair of mountains and he was annoyed by their obstruction. So one day, he had an epiphany to dig through the mountains with holes and baskets. When questioned as to the seemingly impossible nature of his task, The foolish old man replied that while he may not finish this task in his lifetime, through the collective efforts of himself, his children, grandchildren, and future generations, someday the mountains would be removed if he persevered. The gods in heaven, impressed with his work ethic and perseverance, ordered the mountains to separate. There are also other Chinese legends in which mountains, no matter how high, couldn't stop people from going their ways, either for love or for righteousness. Mountains are a classic subject matter in Chinese poetry since ancient times. Legendary Chinese poet Li Bai liked to reside in green mountains, and he wrote about his environment in many of his poems. One of his most famous, titled Mountain Dialogue, perfectly captures the serene solitude people find on mountain tops. It goes like this. You ask me why I dwell in green mountains? I smile and reply not, for my heart is carefree. As the peach blossom flows downstream and it's gone into the unknown, I have a world apart that is not among men. Mountains are often featured predominantly in landscape paintings, it's believed that as early as Han Dynasty, mountains figured prominently in arts. By the late Tang Dynasty, landscape paintings had evolved into an independent genre that embodied the universal longing of cultivating men to escape their daily routines to commune with the nature. The prominence of landscape imagery in Chinese art has continued for thousands of years and still inspires artists today. The Chinese people are fond of the mountains so much so that they can easily find artificial mountains made of rocks and gardens. If you happen to see such an artificial mountain in a Chinese garden, don't be surprised. Please understand that rocks in the Chinese garden is what sculpture is to a European one. A deep appreciation for stone structures stemmed from ancient religious attitudes towards nature, which included the veneration of mountains. Confucius may have a point in his explanation of Chinese love for mountains. According to the philosopher from 2000 years ago, while the wise man enjoys water, rivers and oceans, the benevolent loves the mountain. Well, the logic is, a wise man is sensible, quick in reaction, active in thought like the continual flow of water. So he is likened to this element while a benevolent person is kind, content, reasonable, tolerant and steady, just like the mountain. And I would also say, if you have made this far into the program, you probably are a mountain lover for a reason. So tell me, is Confucius right about you? You can leave a message in the review section of this podcast wherever you listen. You're also welcome to give us a 5-star rating if you like the show. I'm Ning Yan and this has been A Thousand Wise. See you next time.